Slam. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Empire 161 Show. Here on uh, Pop Culture Bros. Thank you for joining us on this uh, Sunday evening. Uh, we got a heck of a lot to talk about today, as I'm pretty sure you can assume if you're a Yankee fan. Um, they kicked in right there. But uh, yeah, we're super excited to be here, talk about everything with the MLB trades and Yankees for the week. Uh, but with me, as always, is Lisa Garcia. What is up? Hey, everybody. Happy Sunday to you all. As Ed said, we have a lot of things to cover today. Um, so, oh, by the way, that was Aaron Judge, one of Aaron Judge's walk-up songs. Um, so like we said last week, we're trying some new things with the podcast, and we're going to be introducing uh, the show each week with a different player's walk-up music. So hopefully you liked Aaron Judge's song. Uh, and if you didn't, you got to tell him because that was his music, not ours. We didn't pick it. We didn't even know what it was until just now. <laughs> we, we had to look it up because I was like, Judge is one who like really changes the songs up a lot, kind of like like Derek Jeter used to. And I had to like double check which it was. But he's <laughs> I, I, he's a big like Travis Scott fan, apparently. Like uh, you yeah. looked at the listing they have and this is like 10 of the songs on there, all Travis Scott. So, I mean, yeah. that's, no, they all that's got, pretty They cool. all have good beats. You need a song with a good beat. And hey, if we have time today, Ed and I might share what our potential walk-up songs would be. So stay tuned for, for that. Uh, and send us what your walk-up song would be if you were in the major leagues. But as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about some of the trades that happen, uh, particularly the Yankee trades that happened in the last few days. Uh, we're going to talk about the series in Tampa and the series with the Marlins. And all I can say is that the Yankees love Florida because uh, this was this week we are happy to talk about the games. <laughs> The last couple of weeks have been pretty rough for us, but uh, we were getting through it with you. So this week we get to celebrate a little bit more and talk about some wins, some big wins, um, uh, and one big loss in there as well. But we'll 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 brush by that one as quickly as possible. Um, but yeah, we got to see Derek Jeter this week. We got to see Jorge Posada and Don Mattingly. Um, I hope Don Mattingly recovers very quickly because he tested positive for COVID and was showing some minor symptoms so uh as lifelong yankee fans ed and i both love don mattingly a lot so we you know definitely speedy recovery to him it was sad not to see him for the last two games of the series um in in the dugout um yeah. and then we'll also talk about uh the yankees Orioles series coming up yeah no can't wait to get into it and yeah like one of my favorite things about watching when the Yankees played the Marlins. The last time they were in Miami, that's when me and Ange had made our stop at um, then Marlins Park, because I know they, what the heck was it, Lone Depot Park or some Depot, crap like that yeah. now? They pretty yeah. much sold out and sold, and eh, whatever, I get it. You gotta, you gotta pay the bills, I understand, and DJ knows he's gotta keep the lights on, so it's <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, not, to get, not getting to see my favorite player of all time, Don Manley, got to see him Friday night, and you understand when we were there last time when he walked out to do a pitching change, I stood up and was applauding and like cheering, yeah. like and screaming. Like it was it was pretty it was probably ridiculous for a lot of people. They're like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Like, <laughs> like all right, he's talking for the manager. <laughs> okay, guy. Yeah, there's probably some like Florida people who had like no idea who the hell Don Manley was, and they're like, okay. <laughs> really excited about this pitching change, but um yeah, that that, that bums me out. Hopefully, uh speedy recovery to Don Donnie baseball. Uh, you know, I know they heard he was he was vaccinated, so the yeah. symptoms should be mild and he should be make a full recovery and, and be good to go and be back in the Marlins dugout as soon as possible. 
Um, we got a quick comment here from uh, a uh, YouTube watcher. Hey. Thank you, Barbara Garcia, popping in. Oh, Hello, people. Uh, What's up? Yeah, that's my sister-in-law. That's the Mets fan, whose husband oh. is a Yankee fan, whose son is our promo guy, and he's a Brewers fan. So that family just loves baseball. What's up, give family? Him, give him time. Give him time. <laughs> he, he will join the empire soon enough. I mean, Soon Barbara. Barb, Barbara does complain because, like, when I saw him, yet you know, he was wearing a Yankee shirt the last time I saw him. So uh, last two times I've seen him, <laughs> he's been wearing a Yankee shirt and a hat. No, Yankee's hat and a shirt. So just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, Barbara's going ahead and chiming in. What up, fam? What is up? Um, so all right, let's let's get it rolling then. Let's get into the. Wild, wild MLB trade deadline. I mean, that was one of the absolute wildest trade deadlines I can remember in like recent history. That was bananas, not just for the Yankees alone. I mean, yeah, it was it was pretty wild. I mean, the Mets got Javi Baez, uh, which was a huge pickup for them. Uh, a lot of people had them linked to Chris Bryant from the Cubs because the Cubs pretty much had a fire sale them in the, the yeah, nationals just were like everyone must go that's it <laughs> did you see the picture i posted on the, on our facebook page that said uh, i had a picture of wrigley field and had spirit halloween on the front of it i was like wow that is that is brutal that is absolutely oh, brutal uh but yeah, listen they're they're trying to rebuild they're going to reset they got their 2016 world series they're happy with that um and I'll know a, a couple of Cubbies fans who were not thrilled with the idea of them resetting at the time. I know Mike Osapian, who was a softball teammate of ours. He's from Chicago. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're doing what they got to do. The Nationals one was more shocking. that They unloaded both Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. I mean, Scherzer was rumored for a while at the deadline, so everyone was kind of new in on him. And, I mean, a little link to with the Yankees, though, because a lot of people were wondering, maybe the Yanks would go after Max Scherzer. The Mets would go after Max Scherzer. Scherzer had a no-trade clause in his contract, a pretty much a veto clause. He was like, no New York. Either one of us. So I was like, wow, okay. I mean, the Mets, I can kind of understand why the Nats wouldn't send him here because that's NL East. That's within the division, so a lot of teams try to keep them out of it. But uh, I think the shocking one is they said everyone must – the Nationals said everyone must go except except uh, Juan Soto. I'm like, wow. And then it was there was memes of him, of course – Kind of like, uh, what was it? It was the Fresh Prince one where he's in the living room by himself and it was Juan Soto <laughs> just there, like completely empty. It's like, well, why are you going to a Nats game now? You're just going to see Juan Soto. And they just won a World Series recently. So that's those are really, really shocking ones. And then at the deadline, though, there were reports earlier in the day that, as I'm following it, and I was telling Lisa before we came on, that like trade deadline day, the days leading up to it, I'm like, refresh, refresh, refresh on Twitter. Like, it's, it's wild. And... They had the Padres getting Max Scherzer a couple of hours earlier, and then all of a sudden, boom, the Dodgers swoop in, and like, yeah, we'll take Trey Turner. And they dealt their top two prospects. So the Dodgers are, like, going really, really all in. I mean, they gutted their farm system for this deal. I mean, they did get a lot in return. Max Scherzer, even though he's 37 years old, he'll be a free agent. But Turner is signed through next season. And Corey Seager, their current shortstop, is a free agent. He was going to be part of that big free agent class that's supposed to hit the market this offseason. So 
you would assume if you're the Dodgers, you've got Trey Turner because you're probably not bringing back Corey Seager. Then he's, uh, Turner, when he comes off the COVID list, is going to play second base. Seager just came off the IL, so that'll be their double play combo up the middle. But then after the season, you can assume Corey Seager, they're probably going to let him walk, and then Turner's going to be their guy then. That was a that was a shocking one. That was a really real shocker right there that they, uh, Turner was on the move, and that the Dodgers were were all in. Because when I saw the Padres were getting them, I'm like the Padres, another one who weren't messing around. They're just getting like literally yeah. everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were they're really all in on it. And they're they're a fun team to watch. But uh, uh, Fernando uh, Tatis Jr. Yes, I, yes, yes. <laughs> I I caught it. I caught it. I was like, Ugh. um. No, he, he actually got a shoulder injury again. He's on the IL, yeah. so it sucks mm-hmm. for the kid. So we'll, we'll see where that goes with the Padres. That's going to be pretty hard to, for them to uh, chase down the Giants in the NL West without their best player. I mean, arguably one of the best – I mean, he is one of the best players in baseball. Some will argue if he is or he isn't the best player. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with him out for a while, that's that's going to be tough. Um, yeah. But there were a lot of moves. The, the Mets move I thought was an interesting one too, getting Javi Baez – who was the Cubs shortstop? He was is going to be the Mets shortstop right now. He'll slide over a second once Lindor comes back, and they're like best buddies from the World Baseball Classic when they were with Team Puerto Rico, and they were just like you know they're just like best of friends and stuff like that. So apparently Lindor was one who was like pushing for the Mets to make that deal and to go get Baez, and and they did, and Baez ended up homering for the Mets last night, so he you know made an instant impact uh, right away. And uh, I see uh, Barbara's on YouTube, and she dropped in since we're, I just mentioned the Mets a couple of times. We'll drop her in there. Sorry, we'll never leave my Mets. No, we don't want you to leave the Mets. No. I don't want you to leave the Mets. <laughs> Stay with the Mets. We're talking about we're talking about the future. We're talking about we're talking about the sun. This is where we're, we're, we're going to take him to right be. Now. Yes, we're at the, that's who that's who we're we're going to go in. We're like the emperor trying to go ahead and like and bring in Anakin Skywalker. Like, come join the Empire. Let's go. Side note: They are uh, they are a big Star Wars family as well. All right, all right. So they're, you know, they're they're dig. I'm sure they they're digging the. Uh, I want Joe. I want Joe to comment because oh, I want to know what yeah. Joe thinks after now after the Yanks make some deals. And remember last week's episode, Joe said the season was done. He yeah, was looking Joe, towards the Jets. Listen, that his mind is fully on football now. He could care less about anything else. All right. Good, good luck with that, man. I mean, you know, they knocked down. He'll jump back in in October. What was that? Oh, he'll jump back he'll in, jump in October. Again in October. Oh, yeah, once they're in the playoffs, he'll be like, "Yeah, I never, <laughs> I never gave up. I was, I was hanging on the whole time." Blah blah blah. <laughs> it's, you know. All right, ridiculous. but hey, so everybody else made big moves, but so did the Yankees. Should we get into that? I absolutely think we should. Let's. All right. We'll we'll, we'll jump into that. So the Yanks made some. Uh, Pretty big moves. Uh, Lisa, you want to drop us in on some of the details of these? I will. And I'm just going to, you know, throw out there, everybody, on my very first episode, I told you all I wasn't really a stats person, but I did some homework. I came prepared today. So if I mess anything up, Ed's going to Ed's gonna cover for me. <laughs> but uh, here's what I got. The, the Yankees made five deals in five days. It was a five for five. All right. Cashman went in. He was not playing at the end of the trade deadline. So the, there you go. Cashman rules everything around me. Cream gets there you money. Go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should open a show with. <laughs> all of that. We should actually for Cashman. That's his walk-up song. Exactly. 
Um, so yeah, let's start with uh, Thursday afternoon. So we started hearing rumors about Joey Gallo and people were wondering when that's going to happen. Happened on Thursday afternoon. He's an outfielder from the Rangers for everybody who may not be that familiar with him. And he's a left-handed batter, which we desperately need at this time um, because we were righty heavy. Um, according to pinstripealley.com, Gallo has a 3.4 F war, which is 10th in the AL and a 140 WRC plus. He leads the majors in walks and is known for his power and ability to get on base. Uh, we did see him walk a few times uh, since becoming a Yankee and he got his first hit today, which we'll talk about. He leads the majors in walks and is, uh, I just read that part, excuse me. He's also an elite outfielder leading the MLB in defensive runs saved 14 at the time. And he's in the 95th percentile for outs above average. Uh, he could also play any of the outfield positions, which is really great. Um, and if I'm not mistaken in what I researched, the Rangers have to pay his salary for the rest of this year and for 2022, if I get that right. Um, the Yankees also added bullpen, bullpen depth by uh, getting uh, our left-handed pitcher, Joely Rodriguez, we got to see today, also from the Rangers. Um, and for those two players, they sent right-hand pitcher Glenn Otto and infielders Ezekiel Duran, Trevor Halver, and Josh Smith to the Rangers for that trade. That same evening, Ed had Christmas come early in his household because he was so excited to hear and was, you know, doing all of this the whole week, waiting to hear about Anthony Rizzo coming to us from the Cubbies. Uh, for those that don't know, he's a he's an incredible first baseman, and he's also another left-handed uh, batter. And he sure did fit right in, uh, in in his first game with the Yankees. We'll get into that as well. He leads all of Major League Baseball first basemen in OAA, DRS, and in scoops, which is really important because Glaber Torres has whipped quite a couple balls to first base that have been really hard to get uh, for the likes of DJ LeMahieu and Luke Voigt. So um, apparently Anthony Rizzo is going to be able to handle all those and he shoot, he's shown a couple of scoops already that we saw during the series. Um, they traded minor leaguer right-hand pitcher Alexander Vizcaino and outfielder Kevin Alcantara to the Cubs for Rizzo. And I just wanted to bring up, uh, what, I wonder what this means for Luke Voigt. Um, so one of the things I read was that Brian Cashman was going to have a conversation with him this weekend. Um, it's a possibility that he could be the DH during the games that John Carlos Stanton plays the outfield, which we got to see this weekend, and I was very excited. Finally, to see finally. A lot more this weekend than I normally do for other reasons, not just baseball. Um, but if he plays left field more, then Luke Voigt can fill that hole during games against uh, the rest of the American League. Um, and Anthony Rizzo is a free agent at the end of the year, so... Luke Voigt might very well be our starting first baseman, first baseman again next year, uh, depending on what happens after the year is over. So, um, but it is something he's got to think about. Um, we also got lefty pitcher Andrew Heaney, who we saw this weekend from the Angels, uh, from minor league right-handers Jason Junk and uh, Elvis Paguero. Heaney was 6-7 and seven with a 5.27 ERA and 18 starts for the Angels this year. Uh, the Yankees also got Clay Holmes, who we saw from the Pirates. We talked about him last week. And uh, we also traded Justin Wilson and Luis Sessa to the Reds for a player to be announced later on. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> I, 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 I'm saying, like, I really hated Luis Sessa for, like, the last couple of years. And Justin Wilson found a way to 
like supplant him as the guy who I couldn't stand because there's always like one guy on the team where you're just like really irks you. Justin Wilson and Nick Nelson have found a way to supplant Luis Sessa. Luis Sessa has been the guy for a couple of years, and they really blew him out of the water. So listen, I I texted somebody like I'm driving them to the airport right now. Like Sessa <laughs> and, and Wilson are in my car. We're on our way. Get the heck out of here. Uh, but. Sessa was having – I'll, I'll admit this, though. Sessa was putting together a solid season. He wasn't a complete trash this year. I have always seen what Cashman and the organization sees in Luis Sessa. I mean, he throws hard. He's got a good curveball. The command is never there. He can never quite put it together. The tools are there. And then I know they went ahead and signed him to a one-year deal last offseason instead of the constant arbitration, arbitration. So they figured let's go ahead and move on from him. Plus, you needed to clear some cap space because I think the, the key takeaways, though, these are from all the deals that we mentioned, the Rizzo deal, the Gallo deal, you know, Heaney, Holmes and everything, is that they actually men- maintained staying un- under the luxury tax during all of this. The Cubs are paying all of, of Rizzo's remaining salary for 2021. Mm-hmm. They're paying all of Gallo's salary for 2021. Mm-hmm. I mean, not 2022, but that's fine because it's, you know, he hasn't hit, like, his big contract anyway. Uh, I mean, the, the Yanks are pretty much – not paying Jack for all these. So they got to stay under the luxury tax, which Hal wanted wanted them to do. But I know Cashman's quotes were saying that he was going to go ahead and he was willing to go over, if need be, if the right deal came out. Now, the Yanks were in and in on uh, Berrios, who ended up going to the uh, Blue Jays. But apparently the, you know, the Blue Jays were willing to give up some of their top prospects to get Berrios, who's a free agent after the season. So I can understand again if you if it's for a rental, you really must be like the guy to like put them to like World Series caliber, or, or not like single handedly. Um, as far as the deals go overall, I think the Yanks addressed a couple of major things. Number one, they balanced out the lineup. You got Gallo and uh, Rizzo are both left-handed hitters. Their Yankees were we said this a bunch of times. The Yanks were way 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 too right-handed heavy a lineup. And it kind of just makes starting pitches. It makes the job easy for them if you just got righty after righty after righty. So that's one thing. Two is they got more athletic. I mean, Rizzo's not like stealing bases out there or anything, but he's athletic. He's won a platinum glove before, not just the multiple gold gloves, but a platinum glove award at first base. And I've been complaining about Luke Foyt being a DH with a glove, you know, since we started the show. So thank God that we got an actual legit first baseman. But that's also someone – who makes the rest of the infield better. I mean, Gio's really good at third. DJ LeMay, he was, you know, really good at second. And, you know, Glaber is picking it up. He's, you know, he's getting there now. I think he's settled down after the rough start. But having a first baseman who can, you know, who can scoop the ball, who can go ahead and can make plays over there, their infielders are just more confident that they can just get the ball in the area. They don't have to try to be perfect every time, and that can cut down a lot of errors. So I think that really, really helps them. And another thing that Rizzo brings to the team is that he's also like – I mean, we've seen it in the three games he's played as, as a Yankee, and for if you're not familiar with it, he just looks like he's having a lot of fun. He brings leadership to the team, which is something that a lot of people felt that the Yankees were lacking was leadership. And he has fun playing the game. Like He brings an energy to the to the dugout and, you know, and onto the field, and you can see that, and, and that can be infectious. So that can get the Yankees back to their days just a couple of – you know, their, their seasons in the past – where they were having fun. It looked like they were having fun. And you, Lisa, you commented on this a couple of times already. The Yankees looked like they were kind of just going through the motions a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not used to seeing, you know, Judge smiling and Glaber joking around and things like that. Like, they were pressing. Rizzo can bring that 
to the team to lighten things up. And it, that's kind of what I think they needed to like, just like, let go, like take a breath and be like, okay, you know, let's do this. Let's go back yeah. to having fun playing a game. Um, yeah. And uh, Aaron judge made a comment after today's game, uh, Meredith Morakovitz asked him, you know, how has it been having Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo uh, on the team? And he said, you know, these guys, uh, they're just bringing a lot more fun to the team. And it feels like, you know, the Yankees of the past again. And mm -hmm. um, it's just it, it's just getting exciting. And he said, like, already Rizzo is, like, getting to know some of the guys, joking around in the clubhouse. So that's really great. We need oh, that. Oh, look, look at that. It's not even October yet. Oh, Rizzo <laughs> looks good. Yes, Joe, he does. Rizzo looks great. And, and, and the Yankee Grays, he didn't go ahead with the – you know, the pinstripes we'll, we'll see tomorrow night. But, yes, Rizzo looks like he's fitting in seamlessly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's there. And then with what they got in Joey Gallo is, again, another left-handed power hitter. Yes, he does strike out a lot. By the way, that's another thing, too, with Rizzo. Before I just keep on going on with him, though, is <laughs> that, no, he, he his first season in the majors, he went ahead and struck out a lot. And he made it a point. I need to cut this down. This is not acceptable, like an old-school mentality. Put the ball in play. Now you can't go up there just like everyone just doesn't care if they strike out anymore. He doesn't do that. He hits the ball to ball field. He's not a strictly pull hitter. He puts the ball in play. Even if you notice, I know they um there was a excuse me, there was a whole segment on it that he chokes up on the bat with two strikes and has a complete two-strike approach, which is something like never seen for any big power hitter in major league baseball. No one's choking up with two strikes. He does that and he makes sure he puts the ball in play to cut on the strikeouts. And that's something that the Yankees they'd need. So that's that's another thing. Um, but with Joey Gallo, though, they get another left-hand power hitter. Well, I was saying, yes, does strike out a lot. But he's also very athletic. You know, he's not a, he's 6'5". And mm -hmm. not a lumbering 6'5 guy, though. Like, he's actually pretty quick. Uh, you know, like uh, Lisa had mentioned, he could play all three outfield positions. He could also play third bases, which really came up as his I third baseman. And he's a first baseman who, uh, rough odor, Pretty much, yes, for those who are new to it, we, that's what we refer to Ruben Odor as Ralph Oder. Um, that he said he was the best first baseman he ever played with because they played together in Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm like, all right, that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, but now you have Anthony Rizzo. So Odor, in a couple of months, you know, come talk to us and see, let me know who was better at first base. But it, it allows the Yankees some flexibility, some versatility, which is something they just genuinely, another thing that they were missing severely. Um, so, and, and then with he. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, finish that thought. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say with Andrew Heaney, uh, I mean, listen, he's going to be a back end of the rotation guy. He's going to be a four or five starter. He's a lefty. His strikeout rate is actually pretty damn good, though. So there, I think that's where, if you notice a lot of the pitchers that uh, the Yanks went for at the trade deadline, they were not guys who were had, like, numbers that are popping off a sheet. But he makes sure he goes after high strikeout guys and to make sure and that's something that you can work with, especially in today's game where guys strike out a lot. So if you can get guys that can that can pick up Ks and pile up Ks, you'll take that. I, I had Heaney on my fantasy team a couple of years ago. So I did watch him pretty uh, pretty closely. And he he's he kind of reminded me at a time of like the way to describe it is almost like a, I don't know, a poor man's Andy Pettit, if you want to call it that. I don't know. What do you want to say? Like something like that. Like I'm not going to get crazy and say, oh, yeah, Andrew Heaney's Andy Pettit, like 2.0. That would be ridiculous. But – I could his just his pitching style, his like demeanor and everything like that. We kind of I saw a little bit of that in him, and that's kind of probably why I was like drawn to get him on my team. Plus, he had good numbers, so I think that was you know it's it's a solid pickup. I mean, if he can 
put together. He's on a better team now, so his win loss record will probably be improved because mm-hmm. the Angels are you know are pretty bad. But uh, yeah, liking all the liking all the pickups that Cashman made. I mean, that's, I would have liked to have seen him get Berrios, you know. But I also see where they didn't want to gut the farm system because with all of these trades, they didn't touch their top thirteen prospects in their farm system. Yeah. That's that's a key. That is a, that is a huge key here that they did not really gut the farm system to make these deals. So if you can do that and improve your team currently, you know why the heck not? Why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, so let's see how this all shakes out. Some of it has already shown that that was a good move for us. Uh, so it's pretty cool. And now that we have Gallo in the outfield, uh, we now have one of the tallest outfields in Major League Baseball, provided that Stanton plays. So as yes. you said, Gallo 6'5", Stanton 6'6", and Judge is 6'7". So that's just like we got football players in the outfield. Listen, the Yanks have a great basketball team also if they really decide and to play something. Team, that's right. we, we know Aaron Boone likes to play pickup basketball because that's what happened but with listen, Juarez. No, Aaron Boone never needs to play basketball ever again. <laughs> listen, he blew on his knee, and that's how Aaron ended up here mm-hmm. back in, like, in 2004. Yes. So. Yeah, thanks a lot for that, Aaron Boone. Yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty – Pretty familiar with Aaron Boone's love for pickup basketball. Um, one more <laughs> quick comment before we move on to our recap. Uh, aside from the last couple of games, Yankees have been quite rough, odiferous. I mean, listen, they've had a couple of bad losses, but they're on a pretty good stretch right now. Besides the – listen, a, a rough loss counts as one loss. That's what it is. It doesn't – there's no style points here or anything like that. So, the Yanks have been, you know, the Yanks have been picking it up, man. Like, Joe, you should – you might want to stick around. I can tell you right now, the Yankees will bring more smiles to your face than the Jets any season, <laughs> anytime, anywhere. It doesn't even if they're not playing, it doesn't matter. They don't even have to be playing. Listen, Lisa's also a Jets fan. She she can she can attest to this. I, I think and she I, definitely And I can. balance out being a Jets fan by being a Yankee fan because they bring me way more joy. <laughs> exactly. And it's just Listen, like listening. I'm on a Yankee podcast, not a Jet one. <laughs> I think Joe should uh, listen. Well, if, if Farachi wants a Jets podcast, maybe we'll talk to Joe and see if he can start up a Jets podcast. And we'll, we'll uh, see how that I think goes. his wife, who's watching with him today, would kill you if that happens. Oh, <laughs> never mind that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. So, anything else to drop in on the trades before we pop into the recap? Uh, no, I'm going to get into the numbers that uh, Gallo and Rizzo picked. Uh, in one of the games because they they did pick numbers intentionally so well go, oh, funny, but. oh go ahead listen let, let's get to it now right. let's, let's, uh, start, so, let's, let's, start, let's start with them go ahead all right so so i'll do uh gallows first gallows number 13 and he's 13 because he wanted to be number two but as we all know number two is retired on the yankees um but Derek jeter was his favorite player growing up and he also liked a rod so he picked 13 because he couldn't have number two and then Anthony Rizzo picked number 48. And when they asked him why, he was like, because there's nothing else to pick. And I like the way the four and the eight look together. <laughs> I kind of see Rizzo as that kind of guy where he's just like, listen, whatever. Give me a number that's not taken and let, let's just go. Let's roll. Let's just go he's with like, it. I whatever. like it. It's fine. So that's yeah. why they picked their two numbers. I just thought I, that was cute, though, Anthony Rizzo's reason. I saw something on Twitter that because the, the big thing was when they got Gallo was like, are the Yankees going to reissue 13? Because he's the first Yankee to wear 13 since A-Rod. And, and my thoughts were like, immediately, yeah, why not? Please. You're not retiring yeah. 13. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely not retiring 13 because of him. So please let somebody else wear it. 
I admittedly have a 13 jersey in my closet I could actually wear again now because it's been like in the back of the closet forever. I can dust it <laughs> off now. And like, yes, let's go. Uh, best thing because, you know, as real Yankees fans know, we don't put names on the back of our jerseys. T-shirts are acceptable. Jerseys are un totally unacceptable, especially, yeah. specifically, the pinstripes and the road grays. Yeah. So I also saw, though, that Gallo, someone asked Gallo about wearing 13. And it was like, isn't it ironic, though, because on a recent Sunday Night Baseball, when they were talking to A-Rod about potential moves at the deadline, and they threw out Joey Gallo to the Yankees, and it was like, oh, it's a horrible fit. I don't like that fit for them and stuff like that. And he laughed at all. I was like, well, isn't it ironic that I'm wearing 13 on the Yankees now? And go. I know I mean, Elise is all in on the I'm Jeff all in on somebody else. All, all in on that. Get, get him in. Get him in. And I also love the meme that you posted with A-Rod pouting. <laughs> Because he heard that Joey Gallo took 13. I think that self -made was Self-made meme. Self-made meme. I actually didn't wow. see that. Yes, that is a self-made one. Because I was thinking about it. I'm like, A-Rod is probably furious right now, especially the fact that he was like, oh, I don't want him on the Yankees. Blah, blah, blah. It's not. It would be a terrible fit. And we'll, we'll see about that. I'm not the only one who didn't love A-Rod on the Yankees, okay? Because on the day he uh, – I don't remember what it was, if it was his – I don't, it, it was some day that he was being honored for something, but there was thunder and lightning when it was time for him to give a speech. I was there. I was what there. Was for, for? I was, was there with my for? father. That was his last game. That okay. was his so last his game. Last game. Even God was like, "Get off the field already." <laughs> All right. Listen, I, I talked about this with Tim, but I'm gonna I'm gonna re, I'm gonna go over it now because Lisa, <laughs> you're here. So I was at I was fortunate enough to be at Derek Jeter's last game, and I was for and I was at A Rod's. And I remember Derek Jeter's last game. It was raining all day. It was pretty shitty. I'm like, damn, I wonder if they're going to get rained out tonight. Like, this is going to be tough. I shit you not. Game started at 7 o'clock, around 6 o'clock. Like, the, <laughs> the clouds, like, spread out. There was a – I have a picture on my phone. There was literally a rainbow from my seat out on the right side <laughs> of the stadium. And I remember I turned to Jerry. I'm like, you can't make this shit up. Like, and what is and, happening and right now? And he had the best last game ever. You can't write that shit. When, when, and I know, um, you know, Kay talked about it during the game today where he had said, you know, he, re, you know, they showed it again. They showed the highlight. And I know the part of the trivia question is who scored the final run on, on, uh, on Jeter's walk-off. And it was like, you know, when fantasy becomes reality, that's literally, you couldn't capture that moment any more perfect than saying that. Then fast forward to when I was with my father at A-Rod's last game. Not that we just happened to have the game. I did not right. go out of my way to straight into it. It was just like, all right, today's they're gonna do a thing for A Rod, right? Sunny throughout the day, we're cool. Clouds roll in, probably around the same around the same time. And then they started the ceremony. Thunder, you start hearing again, boom! It it came raining down, they run off the field with the gifts they were gonna give him. And it was like, I don't know, a 20 minute, half an hour rain delay. Then the game started, and I was dying laughing. I, I was like turning to my father, and I'm like, you couldn't make this shit up either. And I talked about it. I showed him a picture on my phone. Like, this was this was Jeter's last game. And look at this shit that's going on right now. <laughs> I will give A-Rod credit on one thing, though. In the post game of that, he actually referenced and, and had some fun with it, saying, well, what do you know? I, I guess that was just – it just it was doomed to happen, right? Like, that's kind of how it goes, I guess. So at least he had some fun at his own expense because he's usually a guy who – it was known for like taking himself a little bit too seriously. Way so. too seriously. That is the one and only time where I supported Thunder because, as you know, I'm terrified of Thunder. Yes. So the one and only time where I was like, "Yes, keep going, get him off." Oh the field. yeah. 
it was it was it was pretty brutal. Um, so yeah, that was that that was that was like an interesting thing. I'll never forget that. I was glad to see that. I, I'm gonna if I can, I'm gonna find it. I will post a picture on our Facebook page from Jeter's last game, and I think I may have gotten a quick picture of a rods. I got I gotta see because I know it's gonna be a random picture for my seats, cloudy and like a rainbow, and that's just pretty much what it's gonna it's gonna look like. And I'll know immediately. That's why those pictures exist. That's funny stuff. Um, all right, let's get into the recap for the week. Uh, we got some some wins to talk about. So the Yankees went ahead and continued their road trip. They left Boston and headed down to Florida, the wild, wild place known as talents. Florida. They took their talents oh. down to Florida. Yes, they took their talents down to Florida is correct. And they went 5-1 and one on that trip to Florida, which is pretty fantastic. But the first series that started on uh, Tuesday was against the Rays, which they took two out of three. Uh, the Yankees started off the series, edging out the Rays four to three. Uh, the Yankees uh, again, like had trouble scoring for Jordan Montgomery again, but he picked up the win, going four and five on the season. Uh, at that point, it went five innings, five hits, no earned runs, three walks, and five Ks. Chapman picked up his 19th save of the season. Excuse me, striking out two. Gio Urshela had a, a big base knock on two for four with two RBIs. Uh, our now. Former buddy Ryan Lemaire made his second home run of the season because he's not on the roster anymore. Uh, but DJ LeMay, he was two for five with an RBI uh, and one of them and a double. And Greg Allen, one for three with a run and his fifth stolen base of the season. And so one thing about DJ, it, he extended his on-base streak to 36 games during that game. Uh, and Greg Allen made an amazing diving play in the ninth inning to get the second out and save a run. I mean, that was like nail-biter right there, because if he didn't get that, somebody was scoring. Oh, for sure. I mean, Greg Allen is someone who we I would really, really like to see continue to get – the fact that he's still on the roster, I'm pretty excited about. Because I know Cashman made his comments like, you know, that kind of Gardner's the center field, which I don't know what Brett Gardner has, has on somebody or what, that he must continue to be the center. He had a big hit today, so – I'm not saying Brett Carter doesn't have a role on the team at all, like all jokes aside, but Greg Allen's a switch hitter, and he's he's kind of a guy I think he's definitely done enough to earn more playing time. Absolutely. Um, he's totally yeah. injected a lot more of, like, the small ball aspect of the game into the entire team. Yeah. So we were talking about how all of a sudden Glaber Torres is stealing more bases now. I really think it's a direct effect of Greg Allen coming in and stealing some bases. Yeah, you, you need that. Just, you know, now that we got Rizzo and we got Gallo, I'm hoping they, they you need to have a diverse offense. Like you need to use yeah. those weapons. You can't just don't go back to sitting around waiting for three run homers to pop off all the time. Like you just you can't do that. That's you know, there's a reason why they started to turn things around over the last few weeks. And that's part of the reason is that they diversify their offense. That's something you gotta keep going. Yeah. Um but that sure was a nail biter, but it, it was also seeing one of my biggest takeaways out of that game though was seeing Chapman start to get on a roll, you know, yeah. to start looking like a roll of Chapman again, which we'll, yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about him quite a bit throughout this recap. Uh, but that's a huge thing because the, the Yankees are not going to make the playoffs and we're not going to try to make a run at the division uh, if Chapman is not a roll of Chapman. Again. And that's that's one of the big keys. You can't just hide him forever and then, you know, we, we saw that. We've seen other people like Green try to close out games. They had two epic collapses. And Green, again, has a place on the team, but – Closing out games versus, you know, seventh or eighth inning are two totally different animals. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and then the Yanks went ahead and clinched the series by taking uh, the Wednesday game three to one. Uh, Chad Green picked up the uh, his fourth win of the season in extra innings. Chapman got his 20th save of the year. Uh, but I also wanted to note Nestor Cortez went five innings, uh, giving up three hits and one earned run and five strikeouts. Uh, Aaron Judge, who did, by the way, yeah, so this was the Aaron Judge was one for three with an RBI in his second stolen base of the year. DJ LeMahieu was one for four with an RBI. Judge, you know, had gotten the go ahead run, uh, knocked in the go ahead run an extra in the 10th inning. Um, but this was the game where Judge was scratched. Scratched before like, the game. like an hour before the game, and everybody was speculating why because they he all they said was medical, medical. I know I kept texting you like, oh my god, they're gonna trade him, and you're like, they are not gonna trade him. Um, and then it turns out at the end of the game, allegedly he had to do medical testing uh, for COVID return protocols, mm -hmm. and it just ran late, and he didn't get to the field on time, so that's why he came into the game late. But I'm sure a lot of people, I mean, even, you know, Michael Kay, the announcers were like, uh, this is weird, but we just want to make it clear. <laughs> like it's, it's not because of trades. Um, cause everybody was, I'm sure thinking about that. Um, but yeah, happy that he got to the game though, because you know, he, he contributed as soon as he joined in. So we needed that. Um, I also want to say defensively DJ LeMahieu, uh, made a, a very interesting catch on the ground to end the game in the bottom of the 10th when Mejia popped up. I mean, he literally caught it like right uh, any closer to the ground than he did when he caught the ball. So that was, that ridiculous. was pretty impressive. That was very ridiculous. And I want to shout out my boy, Nestor Cortez. Like he's, he's fast becoming one of my favorite players on the team. Uh -huh. um, so just shout him out for coming in again and going for, uh, I think it was five innings. If I'm, yeah, five innings. Um, and really helping the Yankees out when they have that kind of like swing game where they just need a couple guys to plug holes. He's been plugging those holes for the Yankees for a while. He also plugged the pinch running hole. <laughs> we'll get to that though, because that oh, was yes. my favorite thing <laughs> to see. Um, but yeah, shout him out. And my boy, Ruff Oder, he was the Montefiore player of the week again and uh, contributed yet again. I mean, this guy, he, he's been... He's been really hot lately. He's been contributing a lot uh, to the Yankees' offense, so um, I continue to shout him out too. Uh, all right, and then we go to Game Three. Yeah, so we will. The the one blemish on the Yanks' trip to Florida was the fourteen to nothing spanking they got uh, by just, the Rays I, on Thursday afternoon. I just want to say I'm so glad it was a one o'clock game and I was working and I could not watch it because. I have the little alert on my phone with the score. And when I looked at it at one point in the middle of a, a Zoom meeting, I was like, oof. And then about like an hour later, I looked again and I was like, oh, I'm so glad I can't watch this game today. That was painful. That was a yeah, very painful recap to have to look through. Uh, from someone who watched who watched it and then I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty brutal. Well, listen, the Yanks offense, they mustered up four hits. Oh, so I'm not going to do much with that. Uh, Cole had gotten off to like a pretty rough start. He gave up four runs in the first inning. Uh, overall, he got charged for seven earned runs, eight runs total. He even went five in the thirds, giving up six hits, two walks. Uh, I mean, the 10 strikeouts, so the Ks were still there. I mean, the Rays also strike out a lot. People seem to gloss over that a lot. The Rays do strike out a ton. Uh, but Albert Abreu came in a relief. Didn't record an out. Okay. And then he went ahead and gave up six earned runs with two walks and gave up three homers. 
they also Boone went out at one point and was just like, listen, he was just a guy who was like, dude, I'm not going to go ahead and tax my bullpen. You just got to go out there and just deal with it. And that's it. And he took one for the team. So they left him out there as long as they possibly could, but the dude was thrown batting practice. Um, But this was the day that the Joey Gallo trade got announced. Yeah. And, you know, it was, you know, like officially official. Um, So that was, that was a pretty, a pretty big deal. And it was also the day that we got Anthony Rizzo that night. So, and I uh, texted like, uh, it was like Courtney and Rick and stuff like that, like TJ, because they had, TJ will go ahead and text out when the Yankees were playing the Rays. There's always like a conversation that goes on. I'm like, you want to know something? This might be the one day when the Yankees will lose 14 nothing to the Rays that I can be not too angry about it. Because we got fucking Anthony Rizzo. And I was like, <laughs> yes! Um, so, yeah, that was pretty exciting. And then the Yanks went ahead and went to South Beach after that. And this was a pretty the, the pretty wild game that Lisa alluded to earlier. Uh, we'll just knock off the, the, the off-the-top stuff. Uh, Jameson Tyone. Another outstanding start when uh, to get a seventh win of the season. Uh, five and two-thirds, five hits, uh, no earned runs, two walks, five Ks. Chapman picked up his 21st save of the season, even though it was a nail-biter. Uh, but Anthony Rizzo made his – and Gallo both made their Yankee debuts. Rizzo going two for three with a home run, his 15th home run of the season, uh, scoring two runs. I think that ball is still going. Uh, that was a bomb. It was it was yeah. ridiculous, and the, the lean back we got after that, which was pretty nice too. Uh, Odor was one for two with two RBIs. Uh, it, it was it was really an injection of energy. Like I know, like John Boy and them were tweeting that this was like opening day, like 4.0. It was like today the season starts again. Today is the day we start all over again since we got our our enforcements in here. Uh, but let's get into some of the details of this game. With the Yanks being a National League park, and there's no DH, so this is when we rolled out the basketball team outfield when Stanton <laughs> made his debut in the outfield, right? It's been long talked about. Boone has teased us about this outfield debut for, like, months. We talked about it in, like, two other yes. episodes. Maybe he'll play. Maybe We didn't even know. So this, this was hot off the presses for us. Yeah, and it was his first time playing in left field since the 2019 ALCS. I mean, come on. <laughs> and yeah. he did great. He, I mean, the, a lot a lot of balls were hit his way. He was there. He did what he had to do. Um, so I, I, you know, I would, lo- I would love to see him out there more, not just because I want to, uh, but I think defense, you know, I think he brings a lot to the team. So um, I'm looking forward to it. And I feel like if he, you know, maybe that'll help him out um, when he's up at bat as well, because, He's thinking about the game, the entire game, you know. I mean, he, he's thinking about the game when he's a DH because you see him studying tape on, on the iPads and whatnot. But, you know, during the game, too, he I feel like you, you think about it more when you're playing on the field rather than being DH. So I do look forward to seeing him play a little bit more in the outfield. I think that just brings another element to what the Yankees need. Um, in terms of defense and and uh, the you know the team cohesion we were talking about, remember last week I was talking about a team retreat. You know, I feel like that'll help out. But my favorite part of the game was what Let's I alluded to before. So in the top of the eighth inning, Aaron Judge was hit by a pitch. Anthony Rizzo hit a single to left field, and then Gio Urshela, who was on the bench because he has a hamstring issue, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he had a pinch hit and he got a single to right field. 
who do they bring in to pinch run for him? Oh, I don't know. Let's put Nestor Cortez out there for him. What? I yes. remember texting you immediately being like, do you see what I see right now? This was amazing to me. I mean, they they must have not had anybody else on the bench. I don't understand. Um, it was amazing. Uh, he, he got to second. He overran second and had to, like, scurry back before he got tagged out at one point, which I thought was great. Um, and then Rugnet Odor hit a two-run single after that to make the game 3-0 and at that point. But I just thought that that was – that was just sheer joy for me to see at that point. You don't normally see a pitcher come in to pinch run. <laughs> and no. I was just so delighted by that. Especially in an AL team in an NL park. Because, like, you get some, like, weird stuff. Like, we'll never forget Ming Wong's career mm-hmm. essentially ended in yeah. Houston when Houston was an NL team. And he had to run the bases. He tried to score. Ended up, like, blowing out his ankle. And that was he was literally never the same again. So... Yeah. Another reason why I'm a huge fan of the Universal DH is, because, and I'm hoping we get it next year and moving forward, is that you're going to get some weird stuff going on, some really, really weird stuff, when, especially when American League pitchers are forced to hit, and they never, never hit outside of this. So I think it's – I feel AL teams are at a pretty huge disadvantage when they go into NL parks or, or vice versa. You know, it's vice versa, DH, all right, who's your best hitter that's on the bench? Get him in there. He's your DH. Let, let, let's keep it going. I just feel it's always been a huge disadvantage the other way around. Yes. Oh, and by the way, another thing I, I, I actually – sorry, it slipped my mind, but I can't. So that Thursday afternoon game, by the way, in, in the trop, ball got stuck in the catwalk. No play. <laughs> John Sterling went off completely, by the way. Like, essentially all but cursing the trop. He went off. It's a little clip of it. It's on, like, on, on uh, YouTube. Oh, no, sorry, it's on Twitter. Someone tweeted it out, and it's, it's actually pretty funny if you get a chance to listen to it. But, yeah, it is indoor uh, indoor ballparks so are just ridiculous. Listen, I mean, well, I mean, some of them are very necessary, right? So yeah, I know. Miami's necessary. Yeah, Miami's definitely necessary, and some of the ballparks where uh, I think uh, the Target Field is one of them as well, right? Is that Minnesota? No, Minnesota? not anymore. Not anymore. They used to be. No. All right. Yeah. Um, but like some of the parks you just need – some of the parks that don't have one need it um, because of the weather where they are. But – yeah, I'm I'm also digging like all of the um memes and all of the recordings of John Sterling's non-reactions or really extreme reactions to things mm-hmm. these days. I feel bad, you know, because it's probably a sign that he needs to just stop what he's doing. I mean, we used to joke for years that like we couldn't stand him and Susan Waldman together and um it's just getting more and more peculiar every season now, every call. Um I, I feel for him, and at the same time, it's like, come on, man, get it together. Get it together. Finish the season strong. Yeah, it's it's a little bit rough. But he's also – him and Waldman have always killed the trough, like all the time. Let, let me take it back. Then. I've been to some indoor baseball games, and it's not – it's very different. It seems a little dreary, but, like, the trough is, like, next level. Like, I've never heard of balls getting – pop-ups getting hit and getting caught on a catwalk. And it's almost like, oh, yeah, do-over. It's like we're in the street playing like soup ball or something like that, or like with the strike box and everything. Why don't we just do that and paint it and do this whole thing? Like it's just this is major league baseball. Like, come on, guys, get it together. But uh, Marlins Park, that was absolutely nothing like that. Marlins Park is vibrant. It's bright. It's like that's bright. It, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's actually pretty cool. You know, it is. That's the thing I've said about it. Marlins Park captures the Miami vibe perfectly. Like it, it's what a baseball 
a ballpark should be in Miami. Absolutely. And they have, they have a lot of Cuban food there, which is actually really good. Cool. And I they have it in stadium. I did see there was like a, in, in right field, Goya had La Cantina. I think it was La Cantina or mm-hmm. something like yes, that. Yes, um, I went to it. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my it's gosh. excellent. Cuban, Cuban food is some of my favorites. So I'm going to have to go. And, and Miami is one of my favorite cities. I'm definitely going to have to go down there. And uh, Derek Jeter, when Meredith Morakovich was um, interviewing him, uh, she was saying, you know, a lot of a lot of Yankee fans have been watching the Marlins because you're the CEO. And he was like, really? They should come to games and buy tickets. So Jeter, right. right. I'm going to buy some tickets. I'm going to buy some tickets because I want that Cuban food and I want to see the park. Um, and yeah, speaking of like the Miami vibe, uh, can we just get into their jerseys really quickly? Well, let's get, it, let's, let's get into the next game because that's when they wore them. They wore them in these last two games. And I had texted Lisa last night. I'm like, are you seeing this? Like, it's their Nike City Connect jerseys, which <laughs> I am dying to know. If they, they get around to the Yankees and they approach the Yankees, like, oh, we want to do a, a Nike City Connect jersey for the Yankees. I want to see how that goes. I am really curious to see how that goes. Yeah. These jerseys were hideous. So I will say uh, that I was, at first I was like, Bleh. but then when I found out what they were for, I don't know if you had heard this, they are Perfect. honoring the Havana Sugar Canes, which is a minor league team from 1946 to 1960. So okay. after that, I was like, all right, I feel a little bad. However, uh, when I first saw it, I totally agree with you. I, didn't, I, I was like, wow, that's a lot of color. The helmets and, and the hats were like, I, I love baby blue. That's my second favorite color. And mm-hmm. red is my favorite color. So you'd think I'd like that outfit, right? you think I'd like yeah. that uniform. But the stripes. Okay, Ed, Weird. you should be old enough to remember this. Do you remember way back in elementary school days where the teachers would use like three to five pieces of chalk on some contraption that made lines across the board so that they yes. could do... Um, oh, uh, sound. I got the sound in my head right now. <laughs> so that oh. they could do cursive on the board for you so you learned cursive. So mm-hmm. anybody who's in their uh, late 30s and above should remember what I'm talking about. That's what the stripes on that shirt looked like. It looked like they took that contraption and just did this down their shirts. It was so peculiar to me. The red, the baby blue, and the white combination. And, and there was a little bit of gray in there, too. I don't know. It was yeah. just a lot. It was a lot. But I enjoyed that they were um, honoring a, a, a Cuban team, the Havana Sugar Canes. So that's pretty cool. No, I'm, and I listen, I, I'm all for them honoring you know a, a team that's not around anymore the cuban team and i get it and it's like in miami's culture and that's i'm all about it even like when they when the marlins first turns changed their uniforms to their current ones i mm-hmm. got it i knew what they were going for i thought yeah. i thought some of the lettering was a little bit too dark where you can't quite see exactly what it says but i get it but and it's fine be miami you're miami's baseball team be miami i'm all for that i just think nike could have done a better job with the uniform that, that that's my point i'm not and not even like the color scheme in general it's just like you were saying it's a design the layout of the uniforms would just it looked like they like half-assed it i don't know they they, they could i think they just could have did better what with that with that attempt um, you know, um between nike and then ralph Lauren with the olympics and like it, it's just really peculiar the way design teams are like yeah this is gonna work out you know like this yeah, is going to no. look really good for this team right now. I mean, no. a lot of the Olympic uh, outfits for um, for the United States were like, "What? Ugh. Why do you? Why, why do they always look like they're on a yacht?" In the, in the, <laughs> the, 
the opening ceremony, all of the Americans always, for the last how many years Ralph Lauren's been designing, it looks like they should just be coming in on a yacht. Speaking of the opening ceremony, by the way, and I can't believe I, I almost forgot this. The opening ceremony in, in Tokyo this year, did you see who was there at the, at the lighting? I did not. Who was it? Oh, what? yes. Oh, I heard. I heard. Matsui. Yes, Matsui. I wish I... Who I My man. My man. Absolutely love Matsui. He, he made, when we did our our top 10 players, and, and me and Tim did the top 10 players, Matsui was in my top 10. Absolutely. Absolutely uh, adored the decking Matsui. He was, uh, yeah. he was the man. Uh, one of my favorite, quick story about him. One of my favorite things I ever heard about him was he had a bet with Derek Jeter and, oh, I forgot who the other guy was, but all three of them were single at the time, and they had a bet for who would get married first. And then, like, three days later, he came back and he's like, all right, I won the bet. I got married. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Jeter told that story, and I thought it was the funniest thing. And, and Matsui was like, he thought he was so slick because he hadn't told anybody he was getting married. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was absolutely great. I got to <laughs> answer a quick question for Joe Garcia before we actually get into this game because we didn't get a chance to dive into the game. So, and I knew this was going to come up at some point with somebody. <laughs> uh, I got to know if that's Venom, Bane, Skeletor, or The Undertaker behind you uh, under the Yankee pennant. Uh, right under the Yankee pennant, that is actually a black suit Spider-Man statue that is crawling out of the grave from, like, the Craven's last hunt cover. Yes, I don't get into Grand News Peach Tea territory here, so I'm not going to keep it going too much. But right next to him is Venom. So that is Venom, and that is Spider-Man. I didn't get a chance to change the background to Empire 161. I left the Grand News Peach Tea stuff. So That's fine. That's we, fine. I, I try to switch it over to Yankee bobbleheads and pops and crap and just to get Yankee stuff behind me, but... Whatever. I knew it was going to come up one of these times I didn't change it on the nice. other show. It was like, what is going on here? Um, Good catch, Joe. Good catch. Yes, that's an excellent catch. Uh, <laughs> oh, one more thing. I just want to say one more thing about that um, game. I don't know if you noticed, but Domingo Herman had number 16 on his hat and a heart. Yeah, I wanted to get into it. Let's let's get into the game because we actually didn't talk about the game. Oh, the we, say, we, we were like so excited about everything. <laughs> no, we, we got into the uniforms of the statue and Matt Silly and we went completely off track. <laughs> um, um yeah so he had number 16 in a heart on his uh hat and i remember my sister-in-law and i were like is that a b because the, the heart didn't really look like a heart it was like to the side yeah. um and then they said that he was wearing it because he was good friends with jose fernandez who used to be the uh, pitcher for the marlins and unfortunately died and it was his birthday his birthday was july 31st uh and they were really good friends with each other so he had the number 16 on his hat in honor which i thought was really nice yeah, no, I, that was a really, really nice touch by by Herman. I I was a little confused. I was I was watching a game in the bar last night with, with Jerry actually, and I didn't get to see what it was. I was trying to see what the design was, and I was looking around, and I eventually found out what it was. Um, but that's that's a pretty nice touch by Herman, uh, who was not let. You know, they didn't let him go too long into the game. He was pulled after four innings, which you can debate whether that was the right move or not. Uh, he was starting to lose it a little bit. But then I'll get into why we found that eventually. Yeah. But Lickie, Lickie came in a relief, picked up his fourth win of the season. Uh, he went two innings with a hit, uh, striking out four. Uh, Jonathan Luizaga, Johnny Lasagna, yeah. picked up his third save of the season and was asked about closing out games after the game. And he had said he, he enjoys it. He, he likes it. So maybe the future closer of the Yankees when Chapman's contract is up after next season. Who knows? But he's getting to save opportunities, which is nice to see. Plus, you do need one more than one person who can save a game on a given yeah. night because you never know. So they also said Chapman was dealing with some soreness, so they didn't want to like you know go ahead and, and blow out their bullpen. So that was a nice job. 
Um, offensively, leading the way again, Anthony Rizzo was two for two with his 16th homer of the year. Uh, he had three runs scored. Uh, Rough Odor was two for four with an RBI. Gary Sanchez had an RBI double mm-hmm. uh, as well. Um, yeah, it was it was another nail biter. The bullpen stepped up and picked up Domingo Roman, who which we found out why he also did leave after four innings. Boone, who wasn't given like a straight answer after the game, he was kind of like, "Oh, I don't like the way he was looking at that point." Blah blah blah. Uh, he's on the IL. Yep. Domingo Roman right. was put on the outside. Yeah, right shoulder information was it? Yes, right shoulder yeah. information. Yeah, he was. We find out this morning that he's put on the IL, which is just kind of like I, I got the Yankees don't have to disclose every little injury to us and, and stuff like that, but don't lie. I mean, you're kind of like flat out lying about it at this point. I mean, yeah. you could have just been like, "Oh, Domingo, come on." Uh, I don't know. We had like diarrhea or something, and then that's why he yeah, took well, that. Like you're just like, yeah. you know, like yeah, just be like, listen, he was, you know, just a little shoulder stuff, and that's it. He's yes, human. exactly. And he's a pitcher. Of course, he's going to have some kind of arm thing at some point. It's not a natural motion. I mean, we, I mean, you know. and here's the thing, too. I mean, this was a good point. Michael Kay, I think, said this today during the game. The guy did not play for all of last season because he was uh, suspended, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, the season before. And then last season, people barely played, or maybe he was on suspension. No, he was sus- no, he served the suspension in 2020, last year. Okay, so he was, he was suspended last year, so he didn't play any games. And then some of the other pitchers barely played any games either, right? Um, so we're seeing a lot more pitchers getting injured this year than I think we're used to because of that. All yep. those pauses that we've had, and for him it was a bigger pause in baseball. Um, yeah, you're going to get hurt, you know? Uh, Ed and I unfortunately know that the older you get to, the more likely it is for you to feel sore. So we still play sore. ball. And it takes a lot more time for us to recover from injuries. I'm I'm still recovering from an injury that I had during one of our games. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I I'm not surprised um, that that he's on the IL or that other pitchers are going on the IL for like what what seem to be minor things. But that's what happens when you don't play what the the number of games you're used to playing. So, we'll see how much it continues to affect pitchers down the stretch too, because. You know, everybody's going to have to go a little bit harder come come September when, if they want to make the playoffs. Yeah, no, and that, that's a great they point. They are making the playoffs. Yeah, and that's a great point because a lot of times a lot of pitchers are used to throwing, you know, excuse me, 180 innings, 200 innings and stuff like that. Due to the condensed schedule last year, nobody came anywhere near that. Mm-hmm. Now you're asking everyone to ramp it back up to a regular season like they've done that. And Herman, you're right, who didn't pitch at all last season, so – you're going to kind of have to baby him along, and bullpens are going to have to pick it up, and those guys are going to get taxed after a while because they didn't throw that many in this last year too. So it's like a domino effect, uh, little by little. That's kind of you know what we've had to deal with this season. So far, it hasn't been too bad, but this is just what happens. Um, I do have a, quick, a couple of quick notes from uh, my uh, buddy Katie Sharp on Twitter, who absolutely has no idea who I am, but I'm just going to refer to as the buddy because I like our <laughs> tweets. Uh, Anthony Rizzo was the first player in Yankees history to reach base eight-plus times in his first two games with the franchise. Uh, and from Yankees, uh, New York Yankees stats on Twitter, Anthony Rizzo is the first player since 1901 to reach base eight-plus times and score five-plus runs in his first two games with his new team. Wow. Yes. And then the last one, another one from Katie Sharp, Players with five-plus runs scored and two RBIs in their first two games with the New York Yankees. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, 
currently, 2021. And uh, not since Joe DiMaggio in 1936. Wow. And I, I've said it a bunch of times, and it's just it's the truth. It's like whenever you have a situation where it's the first in Yankees history or like the first ever, again, when you're dealing with this much history, that's impressive to me. That's that's a big deal. That's worth shouting out and acknowledging because that is that's pretty bonkers. The Yankees, you would assume, have done literally everything at this point. But as you know with baseball, every night you never know what the heck you can see. It'll be the first time it's happened in 100 years. So that's, that's why you shouldn't miss a game. You should never tune in. Yeah, um, in the words of our, of our friend John Sterling, you can never predict baseball, Susan. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I got a quote from Domingo Haman on a message on his hat. Uh, quote, it was a way for me to pay tribute to Jose Fernandez. I used to be uh, I used to be with the Marlins, which he was. He actually, we got Domingo Ramon from them with a, a trade for Nathan Evaldi. Uh, and he was a really good person who always made sure we had spikes and sneakers and made sure we were doing the right things. So it was kind of like an older brother type thing, so you can see. And I honestly have never, I wasn't really familiar with that connection until like last night with the hat and everything that kind of like got everyone talking and thinking, oh, I, you know, what this seems to be, there's got to be more than just like, you know, he was a good guy or something like that. Like there was a deeper connection there. That's yeah. that's really cool to see. Uh, but unfortunately, that Herman ended up going on the IL like right after that. But that does Boone did say earlier that Nestor Cortez is in the rotation now. He will be taking that spot and he'll be going every fifth day. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, and for the first time in a while, the Yankees completed a sweep. What? And let's just uh, – I, I, I took note of how long it's been since then. Mm -hmm. uh, they haven't done that. Where is my note? Since uh, the games they played against the Blue Jays on, I believe it was June 14th through 16th. Yep. It was so, in Buffalo. Yep. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, but they went ahead and completed the sweep today 3-1. to one. Uh, Jordan Montgomery went five innings, three hits, one earned run, one walk, five Ks. Uh, pretty impressive thing here, by the way. So as uh, Yubi Rodriguez picked up his the win, as uh, put his record to two and three of the season, he threw one pitch. Yeah. He came in literally through literally one pitch, got an out, ended the inning, gets credit for the win. <laughs> okay, Chapman going ahead and got his twenty second uh, save of the season. Which I don't know. If you got it? Did you notice Jesus Aguilar's face when Chapman oh. hit him with the hit him with the splitter? He looked like he was like he said yes, he yes. back at Chapman. I was like, who's winning the staring contest right now? Oh my god, this yeah. is so amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, dude, that was dirty. <laughs> yeah, Michael K commented that um uh Chapman gave uh he said a rare second out stare. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, it looked like he didn't like he couldn't believe what he what he just saw. And he was yeah. just like it was nasty because the guys up there, like, dude, I got to prepare for 100, 102 miles an hour, and then you're going to drop a splitter on that like that? Like, how do you hit that? That's pretty much what that was. It was just like, wait a second, I thought you only threw fastballs. What the hell is this now? Yeah. And it, it was it was nasty. Uh, but he and Chapman yeah. uh, struck out too. Um, but Yanks were trailing one nothing for a while until the eighth inning, until that guy, Anthony Rizzo, went ahead and tied <laughs> the game up with an opposite field single, uh, picking up and well, he was one for four with an RBI on a day. Uh, also made some nice, spectacular scoops at, at first base mm -hmm. as well. Uh, Judge was two for four, who ended up getting the go-ahead RBI and, mm -hmm. and, uh, right after that. Uh, Anthony Gallo picked up his first hit as a Yankee, which was a double. Um, 
But it was the Yanks took advantage of some sloppy defense by the Marlins late in the game, uh, which is something that you got to do. I mean, the Yankees this year have not capitalized. They haven't made bad teams pay for being bad teams, and they finally got around to that today. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I think the Marlins had the most error – the most errors in, uh, I don't know if it's all of major league or in national league as well. So it's like, you know, force them to throw the ball and they're probably going to make a mistake. Make them make plays. That's what I always say. Hit the ball, put the ball in play and, and make them make plays and see what happens. Yeah. Cause that would have been an inning ending double play that Stanton would have hit into, but it was, you know, booted by Anderson and then went ahead and that ended up opening up the floodgates. Uh, Gardy had a big hit also in that inning. Um, Rizzo was trying. He also got thrown out for like the second out in the inning where he was trying to mm-hmm. push it in and get in there. Um, but overall, though, you know, the Yanks completed the sweep, got another solid win. Um, you know, Rizzo, that the hand he's going to get tomorrow at the stadium yeah. when he's introduced. And I'm, I'm annoyed that I have a softball game because I had tickets to that game. And boy, if I would have known that this is it, uh, you know, I'm not going to miss the softball game. But, so, like, it's <laughs> that, that would be absurd. But. And I'm, I'm dying to hear it. I really am dying to hear it. So I'm, I might be able to get to the bar in time for first pitch, which I'm going to really push to because uh, we have a 6 o'clock start. But we'll, we'll see. That, that's that's really going to be something. That's yeah. really, really going to be something. It's definitely going to be welcomed very warmly. Yes. And affectionately. By the, and, and from all accounts that we've heard, he's a great guy anyway. You yeah. know, so well-deserved on all ends. Uh, I'm excited that he that – he, uh, is doing well from the get-go. Happy that um, Joey Gallo got his first hit, too, as you mentioned a few minutes ago. That was a big look, too, because he looked very – he started to, like, stand after after his first couple of at-bats. <laughs> yeah. So I was worried about that. But uh, glad he got – and he had a big hit, too. It was a nice, strong, solid double. Yeah, the thing that's been killing me, though, and, and anyone who's listened to us and watched us, Knows that I'm, you know, I'm a Stanton guy. I'm so I'm not one of the, the haters on Stanton, but it's oh, it's getting frustrating. It. It's getting frustrating. The non-competitive at bats is what kills me. He's up there flailing yeah. away, and it's like you might as well yeah. go up there with like a wet newspaper or something like that, or a wiffle ball bat. Like it's 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 kind of crazy. I, I just I've never seen a guy who goes up there and when he's hot, nobody can get him out. It looks like nobody on the planet can get him out. And when he's when he's cold, he looks like he's never played baseball on any level like in little league at, at, at yeah. some point it's crazy yeah so, it looks to me like a major mental block when that happens like he just yeah. looks like he can't focus at all on anything because you could see it in the way that like like his body moves so much more when he's not in sync when he's in sync all he does is swing his arm you know he barely moves his, his lower body it's all upper body it seems and the ball goes flying um, yeah. but he, he's moving so much more. It almost looks like he's shuffling around before he finally swings and he's swinging at things so far outside of the, the zone too. It's, you know, I, I, I feel for anybody who has that kind of mental block too, because that's really tough. Cause you're also at the same time that you're having the mental block, you're also kind of like berating yourself, right? Right. We're all the most critics. So you're sitting there beating yourself up and making the mental block even worse. Yeah. And it's, it's. It's, it's hard to watch. Um, but an interesting thing, too, that Boone had said in today's post game was he's, like, expecting Stan to be out there, like, twice a week moving forward. Mm-hmm. And that's a way that Luke Voigt can get some at-bats now yeah. as a DH. You know, if you need to give Rizzo a breather, that's one way. 
Uh, even though I still think after watching Rizzo play first base now, once we see Luke Voigt, it's going to really stand out even more about, oh, Jesus, like what's yeah. going on here? Um, but that's one way. And the Yankees can go with, like the super duper bopper masher lineup. Then if you're going to have Voigt as the DH, I think you've gotten what, seventh or something or eighth or some crap like that, like it would be pretty crazy. I mean, listen, the guy's on the team. I know he just went on a rehab assignment. He just started. He'll be in uh, Somerset, I think, starting Tuesday. But it's – I mean, the guys on the team, you gotta, you're got you going to have to use them. But I would be shocked if he's not moved in the offseason. you got to probably move him in the offseason. And I definitely want Rizzo re-signed immediately. Let's, let's, let's do these. I know the Yankees don't do extensions like during the season, so they'll wait. But I will riot if we don't get Rizzo re-signed. <laughs> That's, it'll, it'll, it'll kill me. Um before we move on, there's another comment here from YouTube from Barbara Garcia. Uh, from Gabriel, 3 1, have some fun. 3 and 1, have some fun. Lisa, that's for you. So that, that's, that's definitely, that's not for me. So I'm, is it a little league thing when 3 1 count, maybe? Like, it's, those uh, aggressive? I'm not sure. They they did have a playoff game today, and I know they won, and I know he pitched well, but I don't oh, know. Okay. Um, I'm asking I'm asking Barbara right now. I, I want to know. I got I got to know what this is. That's what I was kind of thinking of. I mean, I'm going ahead and drawing my own conclusions here, but that's fine. All right. Well, let's continue, and once I once I hear the answer, I will let everybody know. All right, let's let's get to our weekly awards quick. Uh, so we renamed the weekly awards for our offensive player and pitcher of the week. So the new name for it is the top of the heap. So, Lisa. Who for you was the top of the heap offensive player of the week? Okay, so because I knew who you were gonna say, I picked another person. <laughs> okay, uh, but I, but I have to say I'm with you on on your on your pick. Um, but I'm gonna go with my boy Rough Odor. Okay, um, he was the Montefiore Player of the Week yet again, like I mentioned earlier. His batting average is now 294. His OPS is 723. He had three RBIs, one run scored, five hits, three walks. His on-base percentage is 429, and his slugging percentage is, is 294. Um, he's just been contributing so much to the Yankees' offense. If he had to lay down a bunt, he has to lay down a bunt. You know, um, he, he, I think he's just like that scrappy player. Uh, he reminds me of Ronald Torres back when we had when Ronald Torres was a Yankee. Uh, Luis so Soho cool. when he was a Yankee. Luis Soho was one of my favorite Yankees. Also, Love Soho. Guy. Yeah, uh, I I got to meet Soho in Yankee camp, and he's like as nice in person as he looked at during Yankee games. Really, nice. really nice man. Like positive attitude out the wazoo. So, um, Rugnet Odor kind of reminds me of that. It's like I'm gonna get a a. a hit or I'm going to do something productive for the team just about every time I'm up at bat these days. Um, and, and he's been hot. He was hot in July and he's bringing it into August now. So I appreciate that about him, but I know who you're saying. Well, I wanted to one more comment on Louis Soho, by the way. I'm, I was very close to getting like a name and number shirt at one point and getting Soho because I was just like, I loved Soho that much. And me and Rick used to tell stories to people about how Louis Soho would like, he made up this whole story. He used to run a bodega on the block from the Yankee Stadium, and then he would, whenever he was in the starting lineup, he would get someone to watch it for the night and then go play baseball and then go back and, and run it afterwards. It was pretty ridiculous because I think we had some people believing it was actually true at one point. But <laughs> absolutely love Luis Solomon. He was he was the man. Um, yeah, so my top of the heap offensive player of the week is none other than Anthony Rizzo. When he took his talents to South Beach and into the pinstripes, he was five for nine with uh, – 
five runs scored, two homers, and three RBIs. And, man, he has made an immediate impact on the Yankees. Like, they are back to, like, being the Bronx Bombers, I'd say again. But, all, you know, all, in all reality, then, they have not – like, the offense hasn't clicked immediately like the way that it should or where it could. But it's something that we – are looking forward to once they'll get the you know get things rolling. This lineup should be mashing like they always like they have been for years now, and hopefully the you know Gallo Rizzo tandem can be you know an injection of life into the into the offense. Um, so that brings us to King of the Hill, our newly named pitcher of the week, uh, Lisa. Who do you, who's who are you going with this week? Okay, so I had two people, and uh, I know we talked about this right before we started. So I know you have, uh, I think, two. You you have one in a possible. I have one in a possible. Um, I'm picking my boy Nestor Cortez again. Um, he keeps coming in when the Yankees need him to plug holes. You just said he's going to be joining the rotation more. I'm loving his consistency and and doing the job for the Yankees. Um, He's got a batting average against him of, of 0.167 in the last week. His whip is 0.60. ERA is 1.8. Uh, yeah, man. He had five innings pitched this week, three hits, one run, zero walks, and five strikeouts. Nestor Cortez just keeps contributing in the way that the Yankees really need to stop, you know, stop the bleeding um, before we even got, you know, um, some of our relievers that are joining the team now. Um, and I had, I, I also wanted to shout out Jameson Tyone too, because I think he had a really good week as well. Um, and before you name yours, I just want to say, apparently it's a little league chant that Gabriel was talking about three and okay. one, let's have some fun. Uh, we, we, we said three and one, in, uh, at some point and it, that's what he said. In, in ah, so, okay. He's cheering us on. Thanks, Gabriel. Thanks, Gabriel. That's awesome, man, dude. That's, 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 but it's three and one when like they're hitting, like they do a chance when people are hitting. I guess when when it's three and one when somebody yes. up with that and so like, I was right. Oh, I did. I got it. Yeah, there you yeah. go. That's awesome, man. I think we need um, to do that at some of our Outlaws games now. We, we need to. Do have, we might have to steal that chant. I might start it tomorrow night at Murph God. I mean, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. So my thing the hell of the week is Rawlins Chapman. I mean, to to see him come back into form, the the confidence that Chapman is exuding. Yeah. This week is back to being around the Chapman. Like got the stare down. He's got the splitter work and the fastball command is back. He's got the um, you know the velocity is around 100 miles an hour. It's high 90s. You know he reaches back to get to 101, 102 recently. A couple of times he's getting clocked at. So really exciting to see Aroldis Chapman back in the fold and back to being the All Star caliber closer that you know that we know him to be. I mean, can it get a little? Erratic at times, yeah, sure, not a problem. But not listen, I, I just think we're we were all spoiled to Mariano Rivera for so many years, where you could almost take a nap in the ninth inning if you wanted to. And they're like, all right, don't worry about it, it's okay. We'll wake up and it'll be over. We'll hear New York, New York, and that'll that'll be that. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Ronaldo Chapman for my king of the other week. But uh, Jamison Tyone and Nesta Cortez, though, they're they're also excellent picks. The Yankees pitching, you know, while we're waiting for the offense to click and get going, so how we envision it to being. Pitching is holding up their end of the bargain. So, yeah. you know, like you got a lot of good choices with that. Yeah. Um, and I want to say, too, I really missed his stare at the end. I love the stare. Absolutely love the stare. Why not? <laughs> Go ahead. Stare, stare him down. That's it. Just, I struck you out. It, it's it's a wrap. Um, 
All right, so let's uh, get to our, our final segment of uh, this episode. And uh, little, uh, we got the birds coming into Yankee Stadium as the Yanks kick off a pretty big homestand. Uh, they got the Orioles coming in for, for four games, and then they got uh, the Mariners coming in next weekend, which Lisa and I will be at the Sunday afternoon game, Yankees-Mariners, so that's pretty awesome to see. Uh, so, Lisa, take us through the uh, Yankees-Orioles preview. What do, you, what do you got for us? All right, so I have to say, you just said four games, and I only have three on here, so you might have to pick me up for the fourth. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, so tomorrow, which uh, we're used to them having a day off, but uh, not this week, they don't. Uh, tomorrow, it's going to be the Yankees versus Jorge Lopez. He's a right-hand pitcher. He he has a 2-12 and record and a 6.19 ERA with 90 strikeouts. He'll be, we will get to see Andrew Heaney for uh, the first time starting a game. He's our left-handed pitcher that we just acquired. He has a 6-7 and seven record with a 5.27 ERA and 113 strikeouts. Uh, so we'll see how that game goes for the two of them. It'll be exciting to see Heaney coming in and playing with us. Um, then on Tuesday, we have Alexander Wells from the Orioles, left-hand pitcher, record of 1-1, one 5.28 one, ERA and 12 strikeouts, versus our ace, Garrett Cole, uh, right-hand pitcher, 10-6 and six record, 3.11 ERA, and 176 strikeouts. I really hope Garrett Cole, you know, kind of fixes anything that's been going on with him and has a stronger game this time around. Excited to see how he does on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, uh, we have Matt Harvey, uh, who Yankee fans should be familiar with. He's a right-hand pitcher, 6-10 and 10 record, 6.20 ERA, and 72 strikeouts. He will be facing our friend Jameson Tyone was a right-handed pitcher as well, 7-4 and four record, 4.11 ERA, and 98 strikeouts. Is there a fourth game that I missed? So my, I will correct myself. It was It's a three-game set against the O's, four-game set against the Mariners uh, okay. starting on Thursday, which is a big series for the Yankees, though. I mean, the, yeah. you have a saw. You need to take care of the Orioles. You got to do what you're supposed to do to the Orioles. But the Mariners, though, the Yanks are only one game ahead of them in the wild-card standings right now. Right? Yanks are two-and-a-half out. Uh, Mariners are three and a half out. So listen, that's a big series. You gotta create some distance and just run it out there. The Yankees are six and a half out of the division. They're going to pick up a half a game tonight because the Red Sox are playing the Rays. So yeah. I mean, because it is in my blood, I will have to cheer for the Rays to beat the Red Sox. And I can I cannot <laughs> cheer for the Red Sox to beat like Satan. So that's why I'm not gonna go ahead and do that, because that's just ridiculous. I just I cannot bring myself to do such things. So we will be I, I will be going for the Rays this evening, and uh, I don't know maybe Lisa will catch some of it because I know how much she loves A Rod's commentary on Sunday baseball. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 I couldn't even get through that with like a, a complete straight face. <laughs> I, I had to bust your chops about that. Um, yeah. But uh, that's it. So we got to you know Yanks got the schedule coming up. They can start continue bashing and making up some ground as the new pieces come into play. And let, let's keep that run going. The run that Joe Garcia did not want to see happen. Or, you know, maybe. I don't know if he was anti it, but it's fine. And you know, we're glad to see he's he's back on board. Yeah, and uh, he's, not, he's not anti a Yankees run. No, I'm, he's, I'm he's, joking. Uh, I'm just going to bust know, the shots now. Like right? I said, he's fully in NFL mode now. But, hey, before you talk about all the other great shows that are on um, Pop Culture Pros, real quickly, Michael Kay. Oh, yes. His walk-up song would be Glory Days by Bruce Springsteen. So Makes I was sense. like, of course, I would have to ask Ed what his would be. So, Ed, you already said you had. 
Yes, they did. So um, during COVID last year, apparently, and I apparently the Mets um, PA guy was doing things like he was actually doing like a thing where he would record your name and your number. He would ask for your name and number, what song you wanted to do, and he would do a recording of it. So he started doing that. Mariette, Mariette, our, our buddy, Mariette mm -hmm. Booth got a word of that, and then she had randomly asked me or asked Angie to ask me, and she got it, and I have the recording. So I had to, I actually had to make this choice a year ago. It's pretty cool. And do I do I wish it was, you know, the Yankees VA guy? Sure, but, you know, whatever. The guy was doing it. He's, he's a cool dude. And it was for free. He would just, like, send it to you, and that's it. Um, Hypnotize by, by Biggie. That's excellent that's choice. that's my that's my walk up. I that is an excellent choice. Yeah, I, I actually you know something. I uh, I'm pretty sure I have it on my phone. I'm pretty sure I have this on my phone. I'm gonna try to pull this up so we're not like killing a, a bunch of time here on this. Well, while uh, you're looking, while you're looking, go ahead. Yes, I'll, I'll share mine. So obviously, if I were playing for the Yankees, that would be major breaking news. I'd be the first female <laughs> to play yes. for the MLB. So I would have to have as my first song, Beyonce's song, Who Runs the World. Um, That's cool. Because that, that is an ode to females. So I would have to do that as uh, I would be the first female to ever play in MLB. However, I think I'm a lot like Aaron Judge in that I'd want to flip my songs around every now and then. Absolutely. So uh, Silk Sonic, which is a band that Bruno Mars and Anderson Pac have formed together, who, if anybody knows me, they know I love the Yankees and they know I love Bruno Mars. So they have a new song out called Skate. It's got this really cool 70s vibe to it. And uh, uh, like like our uh, friend, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name right now. <gasps> You're going to kill me. Oh Why am I blanking on his name? Thriller. First Baseman. Oh, Mark Teixeira. Oh my God, I don't know. I was thinking Mike something. Mark Teixeira. Like Mark Teixeira. Foul Territory, Lisa. I, think, I, know, I know, that was my favorite show on the Yes Network. Uh, like Mark Teixeira, I could be very quirky sometimes. Um, so Skate has a 70s vibe to it. And people would probably be like, huh, at first. But then when they start hearing the song, they'll be like, okay, this is a That's good summer brew okay. song. Uh, so those would definitely be two of my walkouts. Did you find yours? I, I, I have the recording, but I want to chop in Barbara Garcia's comment on here on YouTube. Mine would be My World. Not familiar with that. I don't know what that is. She's gonna have to elaborate. I'm, I I don't even want to look up how many my worlds there are. I'm sure I have a feeling that's that's many. But I think I got the recording here that Maria got for me. Now batting number twenty three. Ed Hamas. Let's play Wow, it really goes on for like thirty seconds. <laughs> you gotta admit that you gotta be up to the in the batter's box by then, though. Freaking uh, toss you out of there. Um, if I had to pick a number two, it would be "Sabotage" by Beastie Boys. Okay, oh, another great song. Or "Public Service Announcement" from Jay Z. I think those would be like the three. Public, but I mean "Sabotage." Come on, I mean that's a great song. All oh, right, yeah. so I'm I'm guessing that the My World one is actually Gabriel, not Barbara, because when I looked it up, it said My World Fortnite, and Gabriel is a Fortnite. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking that's probably Gabriel's choice, not Barbara's. Okay, all right, that's cool. Then, then, then we know. So when he does a promo next time, maybe he has to have this song in the background. 
Oh, he would love that. Are you kidding me? He's probably going to call me in like five minutes and be like, uh, oh, no, Barbara said that would be me. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Barbara likes Fortnite too, I guess. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> um, amazing. Unless that's another My World that you and I just aren't aware of. I thought I, she would I, pick like a Beatles song or Jack Johnson. She loves them. You got to get to the bottom of this. I know. Stay <laughs> tuned, folks. This is why you should tune into our next episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Join us next Sunday night. Uh, but that wraps it up for us for this week. Uh, thank you for joining us, wherever it is again. If it's on, uh, if you're joining us on YouTube, like Barbara is, go ahead and hit click the subscribe button. Subscribe to Pop Culture Bros. You can check out our show. You can check out if you're a Mets fan, which we have a few Mets fans. I saw uh, Frank Terrizzo is a Mets fan who likes to drop in some comments here. Check out the Put in the Book show with Rachi and the guys. They do a great job covering the Mets. Uh, if you're into comic book movies and stuff like that. Me, Tony, and Jason bring a great speech tea. They were on Tuesday night this week. We're actually doing a doubleheader with Tim and Eric. Tim and Eric are doing uh, the Just Too Sweet show. We'll be on right after them with Granny's Peach Tea because somebody will be at Yankee Stadium on Wednesday night, so they can't do <laughs> Granny's Peach Tea from Yankee Stadium. That would be weird. Uh, yeah, so we got that going on. Uh, and A to Z is on tomorrow night because us and Eric had switched nights. So check out A to Z tomorrow night with Eric and... He covers everything literally from A to Z. Uh, Stream Wars Pros is a yes, thank you very much for that. Uh, Stream Wars Pros did their their monthly show. They did their their show last week, so you can go ahead and check them out. They do a bunch of cool stuff with uh, different uh, streaming services and stuff like that, and bring keep you up to date. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and Jader and Kyle movie reviews. They do a great job. I know they got the reviews out for like Snake Eyes and stuff like that. I'm sure they'll have one for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, as Granny's PC will have theirs the following week. So check that out. Well, before you check that out, next Sunday night, come back for Empire 161. If you're on Facebook, join the Facebook group. We share final scores, highlights every day. Join in on the fun for that. Uh, and that's it. So, you know, for, for Lisa, for myself, stay safe out there. Have a great night. Enjoy some baseball. And... Let's go, Yankees. All right. See you all next week. Peace. In a city that never sleeps.